0: Vulnerable effects from the global health crisis that caught the whole world off guard continue to have long-lasting implications. Even if some things start to return to normal, the factory landscape seems forever changed. Here to discuss how apparel and footwear companies can maintain production standards is Jose Suarez, founder of Vaeso, a digital shop floor execution system focused on providing real-time visibility to your shop floor. Welcome, Jose. Welcome, Eddie. Nice to be back with you. Uh, Same, same to you. So my first question for you today is the initial impact of the pandemic was shutter factories. What did the closures in the early days teach the industry about their supply chains and their vulnerabilities?
1: So I think we learned two major lessons, Eddie, is that um, when we started ramping up factories end of February, early March, that we realized that China was starting to get COVID under control. Most retailers and brands in our industry, and I, and I say most to be kind, but probably 100% had no visibility to the shop floor. And um, they were all scurrying. They didn't know how many artisans, you know, in, in Vallesso, um we call the workers or operators artisans because we're trying to elevate them. Nobody knew how many artisans were back to work. Nobody knew if the factories were up and running. Nobody knew the capacity that they had at that point in time. So there was total blindness as to how to manage and shift production as we started um, having uh, the factories come back. And I believe the industry realized that they, they were lacking in, in digital information uh, with respect to the shop floor. The second thing I think we learned is that in most major retailers and brands, high level C level executives with an army of um, team members spent the month of April and May analyzing the balance sheets of their tier one and the larger companies even went down to the tier twos because they understood that there was gonna be a major financial crisis that started beginning of April. And they were fearful of the consequences of a lot of factories going bankrupt. Nobody had any visibility as to the solvency of, of their supply chain. You remember when we had that COVID conference in early April, where I mentioned that we had moved from a very quickly in a matter of weeks from a supply shortage in February and early March to by the third week, a huge uh, demand issue. And I predicted that by the third or fourth quarter, we would start having severe um, bankruptcies in our industry at the factory level. And that's exactly what's happened. And that's why the C-level executives in April and May started analyzing the financial solvency of their supply chain and unfortunately, a lot of the small retailers and brands are being hit at right now because they don't have the vis- visibility. They don't have the people to be able to look into, you know, the financial books of their suppliers. And they're all scurrying. Even some billion-dollar retailers and brands are suddenly being faced by closures of the ever rights of the world. For example, a major supplier in footwear, and people are having to scurry even back to China to find capacity to meet. Um, their demands
0: so jose as if the industry needed any more challenges um as you mentioned just now the pandemic completely tanked out consumer demand and that coupled with the decision by some brands and retail retailers to withhold payments for work in progress meant some factories won't reopen or many won't make it long term How is the industry going to operate with fewer factories as consumers start to shop again and and brands and retailers need to start to place orders?
1: You know, we are talking to a lot of major retailers and brands that if they don't start controlling, not controlling, getting involved in managing efficiency and quality down to the shop floor, they have a risk of being, uh, not being able to meet the demands that will start um, revving up in 2021 as we start getting through the crisis, the COVID crisis by the second half of 2021, early 2022. Because there's, there's a massive consolidation that's going to happen. A lot of small players that, that um, produce a lot of volume, whether it's apparel or footwear, are either bankrupt or going to go bankrupt. I mean, we're entering the third wave right now. And um, Europe and the United States is, is getting hit badly, and that's going to impact demand. I think less so than March and uh, February and March, April, because the consumers learned that they can continue buying f- um, through e-commerce, which has just exploded. If we don't get our industry to improve productivity dramatically with the fewer factories that we're going to have, we're going to have a huge, huge demand issues, and we're going to see pricing going up in the short term we're seeing prices going down because everybody is nervous factories whether in china or vietnam uh especially in china that has excess capacity right now in the lower range products but um if we don't get the industry to move from an efficiency in apparel from 40 to 50% efficiency to 60 to 85 which is um, normally a a, a world class run factory and in footwear from two pairs per operator per hour or from 0.5, 0.6 and non-athletic to like one, one and a half or two, we're going to have a severe shortage, I predict.
0: So uh, again, you, you, you touched on this when it comes to the efficiency, but, you know, as the factories are reopening, it, it became clear that they, op- they need to operate at lower capacities to meet the health regulations. Mm-hmm. It means they can't, the output is less per day. So we talked about the need to improve uh, factory efficiency But is it possible for the remaining factories to become more efficient enough to make up for the closures and also, um, you know, the social distancing, the less workers in the factory, you know, to to, to meet the demand at the same time?
1: Yeah, I think um, with the COVID restrictions, everybody is learning. There is a lot of documentation by by regional or state governments or. Retailers and brands supporting their factories to disseminate the information and how to run a factory with social distancing. And I think there are very good controls, um, especially in the more developed um, markets like China, Vietnam, Cambodia, more problematic in, in, you know, Bangladesh or Pakistan, etc. If the retailers and brands start getting involved at the factory level, there is ample room for improvement. Uh, as stated before, you could literally take most apparel factories in our industry and over a five year time period, double output with the same labor and overhead. You could take a factory from 0.4 efficiency or 0.5 up to 0.8. And that's normally the running rate in apparel in our industry, 40, 45, 50, 55% efficiencies. And footwear, um, athletic runs about eight to 1.2 pairs per operator per hour. There's no reason why we can't help them grow from that. The last factory in North America by Calaris that was shut down in 2003, producing very small runs because they were the, the tail end of the season, right? The fast fashion or the, the latest small orders. They were producing average orders of two, three, 400 they were producing 2.25 pairs per operator or artisan per hour. 17 years later in non-athletic footwear in Asia, the average is 0.5, 0.6. The best factories are at 1.0. So that shows you there's no reason why we can't consolidate factories in our industry, dramatically improve productivity of those that remain and not have to construct another factory for the next 10 or 15 years, if we start leaning out our factories. But the only way that's going to happen is if we get the retailers and brands involved down to the shop floor. And a lot of them are resistant. They buy shoes, they buy garments. And if they don't start getting involved on the shop floor, we're going to have a huge demand.
0: So, so I understand the, the, the need for efficiency, um, but what about the impact on quality? So, you know, you're going to have more orders of fewer factories you know, even if you could improve, I- improve the amount of output per, per artisan, how can production facilities ensure products don't take a hit uh, on quality as they ramp up?
1: Yeah, that, that's why we have spent uh, the last couple of years producing our Vieso um, shop floor uh, control system. You are now, you have two problems. You are having to either, in some factories, go to two shifts because of social distancing. Or having to bring in a lot of untrained uh, artisans to absorb the, the volume, especially I predict this starting to happen in the second, third, fourth quarter of next year. And when you bring in untrained um, artisans onto a production line producing apparel and garments, which is not trivial, it takes months to get up the learning curve, if not a year or two to be a great stitcher. The only way that you can do this is by bringing in digitalization. We need to teach the artisans on the shop floor how to control their quality before they pass it on to the next process. And the way you do that is by digitizing. So what we've designed is a platform where you can actually put a RFID-enabled tablet on every workstation. And every unit of product, whether it's a bundle or a single-piece flow, will have an RFID tag. And every artisan is going to control the quality of the previous workstation. And that's how you start building in a zero defect culture. And that's how you can ramp up and control quality and not have massive in-process rework, which is wasteful for our industry. And so build up capacity, bring in new people and have them teach them through digitalization, provide them a digital tool so that they understand the quality requirements of their product process step before they pass it on to the next. So the only way I see it is we need to massively start digitizing the shop floor. It's happened in the auto industry and then the electronics, but we're way behind in our industry.
0: Well, Jose, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me and uh, Source Journal today. And uh, hopefully you'll come back and join us again very soon.
1: Thank you, Eddie. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. Take care.